Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. God's glory. Can we add to it? Key verses are Psalm 19.1 and John 15.8. Psalm 19.1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. And glory in this verse is splendor or copiousness, and this means sizable. And if you study the universe and its dimensions and consider God created all we see or know about the universe, it's a mind-boggling exercise. In John 15, 8, we read, By this our Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. That's Jesus speaking. And glory here means to esteem glorious. It's to honor, praise, and worship. And the root meaning is to account for of reputation. And so God's glory is his nature and his reputation and all he is is tied up in that glory. Now let me answer the question, can we add to God's glory? No. God is complete in himself and we cannot add anything to him. God's glory is his nature, his personality, if you will. But however, we can point to or reveal God's glory by what we do when we live like him. And this is according to his commands, to live according to his commands. And I want to look at two uses of glory in the Bible. And the first is to ascribe glory to God. That is to recognize his absolute power as in worship. And the second is to account for God's glory by the good work you do as a Christian. It is the second use of glory that I want to focus on. The devotion focus is the glory of God stands on its own merit. All of God's creation reveals God's nature as the creator. Do a study of the human body and all its wonder and you will find it's glorious. You can study the insect kingdom, the animal kingdom, or the bird kingdom, and you will find God's handiwork and how it's all interconnected. And let me say, there is no way the intricacy of our world oozed up out of primordial soup. The false claims of evolution would have us believe that all life came from one cell, joining to another, and so on until life as we know it and see it came into being. So let me ask. How long did we have dry eyeballs until tear ducts evolved? You see what I mean? And speaking of eyeballs, the ability of living tissue within the eye to interpret a signal frequency of light and then display that signal to the brain so that we see the world around us is a miracle in itself, and this alone refutes evolution. But to the point of this devotion, when we worship, We can ascribe glory to God by acknowledging His supremacy in song and praise or with song and praise. And this is good and necessary, and it helps keep us humble. But to point to God's glory by how we allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our lives is another matter, one worthy of much study, more than we can cover here. However, we can look at a passage in John 15 and read what Jesus had to say about us bearing fruit, glorifying his Father and ours. Now listen to Jesus in John 15. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And then in John 15, 8, By this my Father is glorified, 
that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Uh, Let me cut through some clutter here. Fruit in this passage, and Galatians 5, 22 and 23, is symbolic of good works. We can find a schism in Christianity by which many find it easy to believe God wants us to bear fruit and do good works in his name, but they find it difficult to pay the price to do the work. And I have to admit, I have also found that difficult uh, to make that decision. So this would be belief without action on our part. Good works come in numerous forms, all the way from honesty to loyalty to sacrificial giving to those in need. And may I point out as an example something I find exceedingly vexing? And by the way, I try not to get up on a soapbox or high horse in these messages, but what irks me is Americans who will spend an extra few thousand on luxury options on their vehicles like heated seats, custom wheels, etc., but they won't support their brothers and sisters and their children around the world who are going hungry, they're sick without medicine, they're cold, in prison for their beliefs, and so forth. Beloved, we're going to be held accountable for this indifference to suffering while babying ourselves with unnecessary comfort. Listen, I'm all about comfort, and I like luxury, but how can we live so far above others who are suffering? And then, listen, it's when we can relieve their pain, but when we glorify the Son of God, who died in our place, by yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit through His Word, and then serve others instead of our desire for utter comfort, we can stand unashamed before the Bema seat of Christ when we are judged. Now, this judgment's not for heaven or hell, but for rewards. And I mean rewards for eternity. And I'm afraid there's a large number of those claiming to be Christian who are living only for today and neglecting their eternal future. Now, before you boil me in oil, I know we're told to enjoy the fruit of our labor, as in Ecclesiastes 3.12. It reads, I know there is nothing better for them to rejoice and to do good in their lives, verse 13, and also that everyone should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all the labor. It is the gift of God, verse 14. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that we should fear before him. Now, this is encouraging us to enjoy the good of labor, and this means labor in his name. And I'm just talking about balance here also. That's what God wants is balance, nothing done in excess. So in summary, God's glory stands alone by his merit and his merit only. Our Lord does not need anything from us concerning his nature, which is his glory. However, there is plenty we can do to reveal His glory and His nature to others. Our actions of love or mercy exhibited by giving to others and sacrificing some of our comfort and luxury, to do so will do for the least of these, my brethren. This is Jesus in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-four, And that verse reads, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Insomuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So when we do for others, we're doing for the Lord. And then the reverse is true. So the action to consider, is your life pointing to the glory of God or detracting from it? 
I urge you to ponder this question and do so with courage. The truth may hurt. Now, next week's devotion is to be announced because I'm still waiting to hear from God. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.